Hi, this is Dr. Kimberly Leonard, and I'm the author of Visualizing Happiness in Every Area of Life and host of this podcast, Incredible Life Creator. And today, my guest is Amanda Renault. Hey, Amanda. Hello, how are you? Yeah, thanks for getting up early this morning to have this podcast. <laughs> so just so people can know you, I'm going to go ahead and just read your bio. Okay. Amanda M. Renault has over 20 years of leadership experience and an advanced diploma in child and youth treatment. She is a transformational coach and a CEO and owner of Magnetic Entrepreneur, Inc., a publishing and coaching business. Amanda is a car accident survivor and has overcome many life struggles to achieve success. All right. Well, tell us your story, how, how you started out and how you got to be doing this, the owner of magnetic publishing <laughs> um so back in 2010 I had a very serious uh, motor vehicle accident so it was kind of a pivotal moment for me it was very life-changing so I had to um I spent some time in a coma and I had like several different injuries and so I kind of had to go through a rehabilitation program to learn how to do everything all over again, eating, walking, talking, um, you name it. So it was really busy. And within the first year of my um, rehabilitation, I had decided that um, I was going to go back to school. And because I was supposed to go to school before the car accident happened, but I just was not able to because of all of the injuries and the doctors and medical appointments. So um, that kind of changed everything about myself and kind of how I viewed my future. Um, so when it had first happened, a lot of doctors had said, you know, like your life's going to be very different. You're not going to be able to go to work. You're going to have to really focus on getting better. And I kind of um, was kind of had my own plan in progress. And I kind of didn't want to listen to that. And I was like, No, I'm going to go back to school. And um, they were like, Well, we don't think it's a good idea. Like you should focus on this. And I was like, No, I'll be fine. So I ended up going to college and doing um, four years there and some university stuff as well. While I was there to get my um, advanced diploma in child youth treatment. And so in the last year of college, I had lost my sister. And so my last year, I was kind of ready to kind of jump out of school and kind of give up. And then um, I I changed my perception about it. I was like, I'm just going to keep holding on and working towards this. I've already come this far. Like, I just have to keep going. And so I did. And I ended up graduating with honors and um still doing my rehabilitation uh, program after I finished school. And so um, then I kind of started getting into different little niche businesses where I learned marketing and I learned sales and all that kind of stuff. And at that time, um, writing a book or, you know, writing and becoming an author was never even in my, in my vision. And then um, I started doing all this different, these little niche businesses. And I had actually met Robert, Robert J. Moore. And um, he had saw what I was doing. And he heard a little bit about my story. I started sharing a little bit about what I went through with the car accident and losing my sister. And those kind of 
life-changing experiences. And so I got to know Robert a little bit. And he's like, well, why don't you write a chapter in a book? And I was like, okay, um, I'll give it a try. So I ended up um, doing my first um, writing experience was in a co-author book collaboration um, with Magnetic Entrepreneur um, and Sabrina Brown Travis, Les Brown's daughter, also was in that book as well. And so I think Les Brown did the foreword for that book, um, if I remember correctly. Oh, that might have been the next book. I'm a little confused there. But um, so I started getting connected with all these different kind of people. And I was kind of inspired by all of their writing and their whole entrepreneurship. And I've always kind of been an entrepreneur, but never actually kind of engaged in it fully and committed because I really wanted to do child youth work treatment. Um, it was just uh, by the time I had finished school and I had started this other new venture, I kind of was like, I still like what I'm doing. And I learned a lot of really great stuff. Um, it's just, I changed as a person. So um, I really wanted to help people just in a different way. So that's when I started uh, writing more. And I started, you know, really looking at my life and starting to heal and grow and realizing that everything that happened to me actually happened for me. And so um, I just kind of built on what was already going on with my book. And I kept started writing my own solo book because I was so inspired. And that book is going to come out soon, Exceptional Minds. And I'm going to do um, an interactive program with that book as well. And then um, I guess over the summer, um, Robert, I did another book collab as well, Collaborate to Succeed, which less... Um, a bunch, a bunch of other entrepreneurs collaborated in that book too. And I really, really liked that book. Um, it was a really fun experience, but I was already started my solo book. So then I was just kind of, you know, rolling with this experience and opportunity. And Robert was like, well, I'm going to sell Magnetic Entrepreneur. And I was like, oh, okay. And we were just casually talking about it. And then he's like, well, what do you think it'd be worth? I'm like, I have no idea. It could be worth millions. Like, I really don't know because I'd never really owned a business. I didn't really know that kind of thing. And he's like, well, what if you bought it? I was like, I don't think so. Like, I don't know. And I was kind of like, he's like, you could do it. Why can't you? And I was like, okay, maybe I could do it. So um, Robert's kind of been my coach and my mentor um, for many years. And he's kind of um, unlocked my full potential inspired me to kind of keep going with everything and um so I ended up buying the business in September and I've just been kind of working 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 and I kind of embraced this like whole full entrepreneurship life which was really awesome I did try to go back to a regular nine-to-five job but I just couldn't I couldn't do it it wasn't for me like I just um I really wanted to write. I really wanted to be a writer and an entrepreneur. And so um, I had always been in uh, positions of like leadership and learning mediation and conflict resolution and all of that stuff. And I really, really loved doing that. Um, but I got into coaching more because I wanted to kind of 
show people that no matter what happens to you, like you can always overcome it. And as, as long as you believe in yourself and you have the right supports and you're resilient and you learn different skills and learning to cope and just kind of take everything in that you could really accomplish everything that you wanted. So that's how I got into um, everything that I've been doing. So you just said a lot there, like how to overcome and you just gave the five top steps you need to overcome <laughs> in two senses. That was amazing. <laughs> I've talked about this a few times. So. Yes, yes. Yeah. Well, you know, going through what you went through, I mean, you know, being in a coma and then having to learn, you know, things that a baby learns all over again, the walking, the talking, the, um, it was a lot, it was a lot, but, um, it kind of changed me as a person because I was, um, I knew that I didn't want to just settle and just become this label from doctors and professionals that, you know, I had to just be, just exist kind of, I really wanted to still try and try to pursue a profession and stuff. And it wasn't that my health wasn't important to me, or it wasn't that self-care wasn't a priority. It was just that I've always kind of been um, really motivated and really love people and helping them and connecting with them. So um, even though I wasn't ready to hear no, um, I just kept pushing myself and I was really inspired by a lot of the professionals that were on my team as well. So they taught me, you know, self-care, coping, adversity. I did a lot of different types of therapy, speech and language. Like it was a whole new world. And um, I actually enjoyed it because I learned so much about myself and I kind of had a deeper understanding and empathy for people who live with long-term um, disabilities and perhaps have um, significant life-changing events. So I learned very quickly um, how to bounce back from life-changing traumas. And I wanted to share that with other people. Yeah. Yeah. And and if you think of it, in some ways, you, you were one of the lucky ones. Some people don't come out of comas. Some people come out of a car accident and they no longer have use of their arms and their legs. That's totally life-changing. Talk about, you know, having to adapt even to as simple as going someplace and wondering, do they have a ramp that I can get into the building? So, yeah. And I struggled. I struggled with that in the beginning. I really, I really struggled with accepting um, this new kind of life. And so I actually suffered from something called um, traumatic brain injury. And so um, it it was almost like I woke up from my coma in a stranger's body. Like I didn't understand um, all the favorite things. I had retrograde amnesia. So I would see people, I would recognize them and I couldn't quite figure it out. So as I did the rehabilitation and I did all of the programming, everything started kind of coming back. And I was very, very fortunate. Um, and the doctors were very, very impressed with my recovery and how willing I, I was to change and grow and adapt. And so I was lucky to have um, a really great team who really pushed me and supported me. 
And when I look back at all that had happened, um, people always ask me, well, how did you, how did you do it? And I just always say, like, I just had a drive. Like I just wanted to accomplish things and grow and learn and keep going. Like, I just knew that wasn't the end of my story. You know, I didn't want that just to be my story. So I kind of used it as fuel and motivation to accomplish the things that I do today. And it inspired me more to write and kind of talk about kind of the different things that I talk about in my books and my blogs and stuff like that. So, um, and I've met so many awesome people out of the experience um, who have went through similar situations and we've kind of been there for each other over the years. So that's really helped me as well. Yeah. So when you were going through all those therapies, of course, you had the support of the therapists and the different people around you. But was was there some things you did or you even do now that help you keep going? Like, is there self-talk? Did you do meditation? Did you what what self-care things did you do just on your own that helped you through that? So I definitely did writing. I would do painting. Um, I did uh, DBT, CBT, different types of therapies. So um, uh, cognitive behavioral therapies, I would do journaling, gratitude journals, uh, positive mantras, like getting up and writing, you know, three things I'm grateful for, and then a positive. And it was almost like I had to reframe, because for a little while, there was periods in my in my recovery where I wasn't doing so good, right? Um, and it was more because there's always a litigation aspect to um, these kinds of car accidents and things like that. So that was really hard for me to deal with. And what I would do, I would go to the gym, I made a routine for myself, and I would really stay committed and focused on taking care of my physical body, my my mental state, you know, that means going to different uh, therapists, talking about the actual event. And my education also helped me too, because um, it gave me a deeper understanding of like, what was happening, what happens to the brain and the body when you go through that kind of trauma. So um, my education definitely helped me. And it kind of gave me a an actual physical reframe of what I was going through. So it put me in a different light. And I think sometimes, obviously, education is not always an opportunity for everybody, but learning is. So I think what was important for me and what helped me was learning about what was happening to my body, what was happening to my mind, understanding the reason why certain things were happening, like certain symptoms or certain responses and just me understanding that and not kind of owning that kind of identity and saying well I am I'm a whole person like there's more to me than just what happened to me and kind of giving that reframe always kind of kept me going because sometimes when you get life-changing news about your health it can you can take those identities on and I didn't want that for myself. I wanted to always keep working hard and accomplishing. So that's kind of what I did was just taking care of every 
aspect like mind, body, and soul, and really creating a plan and a routine and sticking to it. Mm -hmm. And I like how you're mentioning the reframe. You know, sometimes we look in the mirror and we don't like what we see, or we go to our job and we're not happy with what we're doing or we're bored or whatever it is. And we mm -hmm. need a reframe. And yes. the, the key thing to know is that there's possibilities out there, but you can't see them just looking at one point at one identity, as you would say, like, oh, I'm identifying is let's say even a disease, like I'm identifying, I'm a diabetic. No, you're not a diabetic. Mm -hmm. You have a disease called diabetes. And if you change your diet, you won't have diabetes. <laughs> so, right. um, you know, it's the same thing where there's always possibilities. If you actually lift your head up and look around to see what's available or now that we mm -hmm. have Google, I mean, you can research and see what's available yeah. or even, yeah. you know, blogs like yours, podcasts like this, there's people giving you more possibilities, at least ideas about how you could be. And then, then you can think, okay, how do I want to be? Okay. How do I, how do I reframe this? So I am this. So sometimes yeah. it's time to be something, but if we do the actions that that identity, that person would do, and we keep doing them repeatedly, we're going to become that. Right. And it was like, for me too, it was like, I had an opportunity either to become this identity of this kind of, I, I like to refer to it as like a wounded bird, you know, like I was, that's how every appointment and every kind of um, medical appointment and stuff was, it was always this, 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 but I kind of was like, I'm going to redefine myself and I'm going to recreate myself because I knew that um, if I kept in this mind frame, this, this wounded bird mind frame, that it would only kind of hold me back. And that, that kind of aha moment for me was um, basically I had my son and my eldest son and, you know, I knew looking at him and raising him that I had to, I I couldn't let this kind of rule my life and my outcome. And I want to show my son that, okay, this is this is an opportunity for me to have a teachable moment to teach my kids that sometimes things happen and we don't plan them or they're not great or they're not comfortable, but we can still take those moments and make them into something beautiful. We can recreate and we're always in control of our future. So that was kind of the moment where I was like, okay, I, I have to change this outcome. So, and that's exactly what I did. And I spent a very, very long time um, studying and learning and working. And at first I was a little bit hesitant because when you have like major um, life-changing traumas and events, um, we're kind of stuck in this emotional state. We're just trying to get through the days because we may be in shock or denial. And I was a little bit in denial. I was like, oh, I'm fine, you know? And I would always, meanwhile, I, I was in a wheelchair and I was being spoon fed and I really wasn't understanding the severity of it. Like two weeks after it happened, I was talking about going back to work. So my mom was like, wait a second, wait a second. She's like, you're not, you're not going back to work. She's like, you have to let this go and we have to 
get you to a point where you're functioning Mm -hmm. and then we can figure out what we want to do. So my mom kind of was always that person for me that kind of brought me to that leveled thinking um, because sometimes when you're going through brain injury and stuff like that, it's not always right there. It's there, but it's like, you know, in there. So um, she was kind of always the person for me to kind of bring me back to the real, the real um, the reality of it. So mm-hmm. it was a long journey, but um, I'm glad I went through it because it taught me so much. And I met really awesome professionals and I actually learned the importance of having good support systems and really appreciating that and making use of that. Because sometimes when people go through these things, they don't really know how to make use of the professionals around them because they're very overwhelmed. Their life has changed and they don't often, I have this therapist and that therapist and this person and they don't, they're overwhelmed and they don't know how to make use of them. So I felt like the first year or two was me kind of learning how to make use of my support system and the professionals around me. And so um, it took time to do all those things. But once I understood what everybody's role was and kind of the importance and value of what they were bringing to me, um, I was able to really kind of grow and learn from them and, you know, accept this new reality. So I found that was really helpful for me. Yeah. When you were going through that, um, was there something there about like asking? So a lot of times we just go and we're being treated or the person's working with us, but we don't realize that we actually have a role of not just participating, but actually, you know, asking for what we need or asking for what we want. So when you were in that situation, how, how did you feel about that? Did you feel able to do um, that? I, I've always kind of been a big person about advocacy and I was always kind of the kid growing up that would stick up for somebody else because maybe they weren't comfortable or, um, you know, maybe they just, they didn't really have their voice or, so I was kind of always the person to say like, Hey, this, this isn't right. Like, let's figure this out kind of thing. So I've always kind of been an advocate and always kind of been about helping others and really inspired and moved by you know people who are motivating and stuff like that and and advocates in the community I was always really attracted to those types of people and so I had learned through that experience the importance of self-advocacy and um if I was just assuming that people understood what my needs are or what I wanted or my goals nothing was really happening so I had learned through that experience that, you know, I'm the one driving the bus. And if people aren't understanding my needs or they're not understanding what's happening around me, they can't really help me. So a big part of that was having to learn because I was kind of always um, reserved and kind of closed a little bit when I was younger. Like I was very, um, I wouldn't really talk about too much of my life or you know, kind of things like that were going on. I was always focused on helping other people, but the accent really forced me to kind of help myself and start fixing and healing what needed to be fixed. And so the only way that that could happen is if I did advocate for myself and I did set goals and I did kind of understand 
um, how I wanted my future to look. And so um, sometimes when you get in a situation where you have a team of professionals um, and it's a large team, um, everybody kind of notices and observes different things and they're all kind of pushing in certain directions and you have to be the person to say, like, hey, this is really important to me. I really need to work on this, this, and this. Because nobody knows somebody better than you're going to know yourself. Mm -hmm. And it can be really frustrating and really impede your your growth um, when people are telling you what to do. And um, it's, you know, kind of frustrating. But, um, you know, you always want to take people's observations into consideration because they're probably looking out for you. And sometimes we always, we don't always see what, what um, other people see in us. Right. So I did have to take that into account too, but um, I was really adamant and determined um, about going to school and completing school. And then I was really determined about the, the things that um, I wanted to do. And they, and they, they always supported me, which was nice. Um, and, I started trying to do like little different ventures and they supported that. And then um, it was dealing more for me with the fatigue in the beginning of the accident. And that was kind of difficult. That was one struggle that I had that I just really, really struggled with. Because with brain injury, there's a big fatigue piece. It's cognitive fatigue. It's physical fatigue. And so I had to kind of train my body and train my brain to kind of stay up longer and recognize my limits of when I was cognitively fatigued. Because um, school is really, really hard. Like it's a lot of cognitive functioning. So because I forced myself to kind of do that every day, that's how I was able to kind of retrain my brain. And it was more doing. And I used a reward system. So I would say like, okay, let's let's study for two hours and then I will go have a bowl of ice cream. It was even just something simple like that, you know? So it was like celebrating when I did do things right, acknowledging when things were going well. And then it was like, kind of just yeah celebrating acknowledging rewarding myself learning to celebrate me learning to kind of you know um set more goals and bigger goals and I started small goals and I worked my way up so that was one of the things that I did I thought I thought I did very well so <laughs> yeah, yeah it is really great that you set that up I mean we do that for kids in classrooms and and just sports and athletics, we do things where we set up rewards for things or, I mean, even in companies, you know, they have competitions. Okay. Who can do the most sales? Who can help the yeah. most customers? I mean, we do it all over the place. People respond to that and it's a great going towards things because, you know, when, yeah. we, when we're going away from things like there's punishment, oh yeah, we'll do it. But, you know, as soon as the punishment's not there, we're not doing it. But if you have a reward system, who doesn't want to go for the carrot? You know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I thought too with it too was like with the whole reward system, um, I was able to learn about me because I was able to learn what motivates me, what drives me, what do I like? And and 
from that accident, I had lost all that. I didn't remember my favorite foods. I didn't know, you know, my favorite music anymore. I didn't, I just didn't have it. And it, it came back slowly, but it was like, I had to relearn who I was again. And when you do that, it's like, most people, they live their lives and they kind of, they're not really thinking about those kinds of things. So it forced me to learn about myself and what do I like? Who am I? You know, um, what inspires me? What motivates me? And I just, I just changed so much over a short period of time so quickly that it was kind of hard for other people to really understand. And even to this day, some of my friends, they still don't understand. They're like, well, you used to really like that stuff. And I'm like, yeah, I guess I did. And then, you know, I'm, <laughs> I don't remember. So we kind of always laugh because um, it's just kind of funny because, you know, they'll be like, remember when you used to do that? I'm like, no, but I believe it. That's something I would do. So we always kind of take that and we always kind of use like humor and stuff like that to kind of get through the difficult moments with some of my friends but um I was kind of lucky to have those kind of friends and that support system because there was a few and um I remember just in college like meeting new people and stuff and um it was like I went back to high school a little bit again it was that feeling because I was like my brain was like mentally there right and um, when I got to college, it was like that whole student thing again. So it was like a huge change for me, mm -hmm. but I, I actually loved it. It was fun. I, w I wish I could be a student forever, but, <laughs> but that's expensive. <laughs> so. Yes. Well, we can, we can train in other ways. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that's campus, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was fun. I had a lot of fun doing it and I learned so much. And um, now um, with all of the stuff that I'm learning every day, I guess I kind of am a student every day in my own way because I'm always learning and trying to learn new theories and uh, concepts and doing certifications. And I feel like when you're a professional, you're always kind of upgrading your um like your credentials, you know, you're always taking different courses and learning new things. So that was one part of um, being an entrepreneur I really, really loved. And that was another motivative, motiv motivator for me. I couldn't even say that, but yeah, it was another motivator for me. It was like the always learning and networking with new people and something I really enjoyed. So, yeah. So going through what you went through, you, you always had to have a goal in mind. You had to have something you were going towards. So whatever it was, that identity, getting your skills back, how important is, is it for people to have goals as far as just creating a future? It's, it's crucial because I always say like goals are like the roadmap to your future. And if you don't have them, um, you can kind of be veered off in different directions. So I always, um, how I plan goals is I use the SMART model. So um, it's something that I also teach. So they should be specific, measurable, obtainable, realistic, and timely. So I always use that model. And I would always kind of do one short-term, one midterm, and one long-term. And I mean, 
a lot of people will set goals, but they end up, it's like New Year's resolutions, right? We always set resolutions and goals and sometimes we don't always make them, right? And so um, the goals that I didn't meet, I didn't let it beat me up. I kind of explored it a little more. Okay, so what happened? Why didn't I get here? What kind of set me off track? And it's I use it as a teachable moment for myself and say like, okay, so next time I plan a goal, I need to take this into consideration. And I And I try to build off of that. And I always say like, if you can build goals and you can get to them, you can literally do anything you want in life because it it's literally a roadmap, right? And there's also the piece of accountability. You have to also be willing to hold yourself accountable. There has to be that system. And that's why um, I got into coaching because coaching, transformational coaching is like, that's the whole, it's one of the whole foundations of it, right? And so I wanted to help people, but not in the way that I went to school with. I actually the education helped me and stuff, but I ended up being like, well, I don't want to look at people like I need to fix them all the time. So that's why I got into coaching. I didn't want to fix people. I wanted to, I really just wanted to see people in a different light and I wanted to work with them in a different way. And so that's why I actually got into coaching. And when I started learning you know, the foundations of coaching and everything, it was, it was me, like it spoke to me, it was more who I was rather than, um, you know, I, I like helping people and I liked helping them in, in that, in a treatment light, but I found for me, it was more enjoyable um, to help them in a coaching way. And I was better at it because it was more natural. So um that's how I got into like the coaching and everything and then publishing and stuff like that. Like that was another thing I was passionate about kind of like, I love hearing other people's stories. I love hearing their wins. I love hearing their losses, what they learn from it. Just looking at people in that whole light, that was something that really I loved doing because I love the connection with people and just watching people go from like, struggle to triumph and that was like my favorite thing about this whole experience as an entrepreneur because when you're in this world you hear like so many stories and you see so many different things and then you almost get to it's like watching a flower grow you know what I mean and so when that flower finally blooms it's just so awesome and so that's what really kind of drew me into this and I kind of realized okay like I could do this this is a good opportunity for me so that's kind of basically you know what really drew me in was the people and seeing them in the light of a coach um, and that's why I really want to do the coaching and the writing so so we're talking yeah. about goals what are your what are some of your goals now? What are you going for? You've gotten through all this rehabilitation. You you now uh, owner of a publishing and coaching company. <laughs> what where are you going from here? Well, my plan is like my goals are going to be um to kind of I'm going to launch a program and uh, workshop course um for exceptional minds. And it's going to be basically everything that my book talks about. And then it's going to also incorporate 
a transformational piece. So how do we get to changes? How do we make those transformations? What are the key elements? How do we do that? Because everybody always hears these success stories, but it's like, how do we teach other people? How do we empower other people to get there too? So that's kind of my goal is to launch my program, help as many people as I can. Of course, I want to still write my books and I'm working on um, another book collaboration series, Songs About Sunflowers. And what it is, is it's all of these co-authors who talk about kind of their um, their struggles and their resilience as well. And that song's about sunflowers. When you look at sunflower, they're very resilient, right? They can grow in any environment. So the concept of this book series that we're doing is like different entrepreneurs and authors, and they're going to share their piece. And so one of my goals is to turn this um, song's about sunflowers into a series of books where people can share their stories, give them a platform to share their stories and um, kind of inspire other people. So that was another one of my goals. And then, of course, my goals for my family, um, just spending more time with my family. So being a business owner, a CEO, it's kind of allowed me to be more flexible with my schedule and kind of pick and pick out the things that I want to do and so and the things I want to accomplish so that was one of my goals last year was to have um, more time with my family so I've been able to do that um, because when I before I bought Magnetic Entrepreneur I was working um, a regular nine to five job um, in a leadership position and I just got so burnt out because I had lost my compassion for it because I felt this internal conflict of like, I'm an author. I really want to pursue this. I went through this whole, this huge like conflict inside where it was like, I liked my job. I liked doing it, but I didn't feel like I was working at my full potential. So that was kind of difficult for me to accept. And I was spending so much time away from my kids and um, I have twins and they're quite young. They're just three. And so I was missing all this time away from them. So one of my major goals was how can I still earn an income, be mom, be there for my kids and still um, really focus on myself too? Because sometimes in motherhood, motherhood is a big job and it requires a lot of time and a lot of sacrifice. Um, and so I wanted to still pursue my own goals and still be a good mom and be there for my kids. So by being a business owner, it kind of allowed me to put a little bit more balance into my life and that internal conflict of like, I really want to be an author. I really want to do this. It kind of went away and that burnout actually taught me so much about myself, so much about leading teams and, um, something that we often don't like to talk about it is our failures as a leader um, It's because it can be embarrassing or maybe we don't want to acknowledge it or whatever, but it taught me um, what, what really I need to work on, what I needed to develop because sometimes when you're burnt out, 
um, you develop toxic traits and you can project that onto your team and then you can't meet goals as a team. So that was one thing about goals that I actually really learned over the last few years. And it's not just individual goals. It was more meeting goals as an entity, as like a collection of people, right? So I realized how my own personal influence and how I was showing up for others was impacting people and the goals as a team. So I actually took that scenario and it kind of gave me more motivation to kind of write a book about how to be a good leader and kind of it took it didn't go into too deep of um the concepts as much as I wanted to um because I was saving it kind of because I wanted to do this course I wanted to teach people in a more interactive way so I talk about a lot of this stuff in the book exceptional minds but um with the course it's going to like get really deep in there so that was kind of my goal is to get that book out and start actually teaching other people from some of my life experiences. So, yeah. I'm sure at this point, there's people who are thinking, I haven't written my first book. I want to write a book. Or maybe they're thinking about, you know, your 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 book coming out and their goals. So if someone wanted to work with you, um, how do they get a hold of you? Um, just at this point, tell us, you know, what you have available now as far as services and how they connect with you. So I have my Facebook. So people can find me um, on Amanda M. Renault on Facebook. Um, I have I have TikTok, I have Instagram, or you can look up like my business page, Magnetic Entrepreneur Inc. And I also have a website, a .com website. So www.magneticentrepreneur.com. Um, magnetic slash entrepreneur.com so um, we have a messaging service in there so anybody could connect with me there and we offer publishing book collaborations um, we offer uh, transformational coaching business coaching um, kind of uh, we do different kinds of uh, different types of book collaborations so because not everybody wants to write about the same stuff so we have um, a few different collaborations that are t happening now. And of course we do like the solo, if somebody, a professional or anybody wanted to write a book, like we, we would publish it for them. Um, so that's kind of what I um, always tell people, like just connect with me on Facebook. That's where most people can find me because that's basically, I run a lot of my stuff on my website and on Facebook. So um, yeah. Wonderful. And so now a personal question, what gives you the most happiness and fulfillment at this point in, in your life? Um, definitely my family. Um, just looking back at my past and everything that I've overcame. And then um, my, like being a business owner, being an entrepreneur, I love that. Um, just setting goals we're always working towards um, a better and healthier lifestyle. That's something that always makes me feel very fulfilled and just having the opportunity to share my story and teach other people and kind of inspire them too. That always gives me a lot of happiness and fulfillment and definitely my writing. My writing is like a big, big thing for me because sometimes when we can't get the words out to other people, 
my pen and paper is always there and I can kind of articulate that and turn that into something that people can um, read and kind of reflect and internalize. So my writing and my family, my business, those are things that bring me a lot of fulfillment and happiness. Beautiful. Well, thank you so much for being on the podcast today and for sharing your story. Thank and, you. Yes. I'm really chatty. I know. <laughs> I always get that like real high energy in the morning. Well, it's wonderful. And thank you for being so transparent with your story and, you know, even giving us life hacks on, you know, how do you keep <laughs> going? So thank you yeah. so much. Well, thank you for having me. I really appreciate this opportunity. So I want to say thank you as well. Yeah. So I have one last question before we complete. What okay. is your best advice on living an incredible, amazing life? Always never give up. Always, always keep going, no matter what anybody says. Be your own best self-advocate and like just hang in there because where where you are today is not your final destination. So I always tell people, um, keep going, persevere, be very dedicated and be your own best advocate and your own best friend. Because um, the more you know yourself and the more you understand yourself, the more um, you'll be able to like just embrace the world around you. And yeah, I would just say be dedicated, persevere and, you know, just keep going. So Awesome. Thank yeah. you so much, Amanda. We'll thank talk you. To you again soon. Yeah, thank you so much. Okay, take care. Mm -hmm.